First name is Robert. Started smoking cigarettes at 11 years old. Weed at 12. Drinking at 12. Then I got into pain medicines because I got an injury falling off a roof. I got 5,000 bad nerves in my back. I've been pretty much homeless since I was 19. I'll be 27 this year. But uh, it was hard, man, trying to fit in, trying to be the cool kid, get with the cool kids. That's what led up to everything being bad. Oh, man, I was beat down. Oh, oh man, I lost everything. For the last three decades, Power Recovery Center has been a hub of alcohol and drug treatment within the Baltimore City area. A few of our clients were willing to be transparent and share their stories of hope and recovery. city dad got locked up so i lived with my mom and it was cheaper for her to move down there i only uh, did the first half of ninth grade i dropped out got and got a job to help my mom out with the bills and so but i went and got my ged growing up i was always into sports and my older brother and my older sister they were just never around really so i tried to find something to fit into but uh it was hard, man, trying to fit in, trying to be the cool kid, get with the cool kids. That's what led up to everything being bad. Is you know, oh, you're drinking, let me try it. Oh, you smoke, let me smoke. Started smoking cigarettes at 11 years old. Weed at 12, drinking at 12. Then I got into pain medicines because I got an injury falling off a roof. I got 5,000 bad nerves in my back. So... Perks came into my life around 14, and oxys and all that, and gradually went on until I was 17 and my mom passed away. And someone showed me something, uh, you know, $10. It mess you up all day. So I started doing that. I've been doing that since I was 17. And took beat me down. And then cocaine came into the picture, too, with doing that. It's the upper and downer, just party life. It was, it was rough, definitely rough. Wouldn't advise anybody to do it, you know. But, uh, oh, man, I lost everything. I had a, my daughter with this girl. We shouldn't have. It was more of a party life relationship with her. I had a kid with her. Uh, saying I worked, always worked with my habit and all. 
But I had my own house, I had vehicles, I had my own business going, and it just overwhelmed me and took me out and took everything from me. Uh, to where I've been pretty much homeless since I was 19, I'll be 27 this year. Uh, it's not my first rodeo trying to get clean. Uh, it was hard because I always came for everybody else, try to save my job, try to impress somebody. You know, try to build relationships back. This is the first time I actually try to do it for myself. It's just, I hit the end of the road. It's so bad that the drugs wouldn't numb the feelings no more. And you don't want to be alive. So I tried hanging myself sober. That didn't work. So I went and got, got high and everything. And that didn't work. I figured the drugs would take me out, you know, especially this fentanyl, the car fentanyl going around. That didn't work. And I ended up on my ex-girlfriend's front porch begging for her to call ambulance. And here I stand today. My clean date's uh, Valentine's Day of 2019. That was pretty much my Valentine's Day gift to her, being alive. It was, you know, spending, spent years together with her. And... Man, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to marry this girl. Like everything in my life, ever since I got into this process and I fully let go and willing to change everything, I I got a sponsor. I'm doing step works. I help other guys in the program. I do commitments. I do service work, and everything just gradually and gradually, gradually gets better. It's a real beautiful feeling, something like I actually feel like a human. I have a purpose to live today, and it's a real great, great feeling. Oh, man, I was beat down off. I was sick, withdrawal, but anything I needed help with, they helped me. You know, saying I didn't have nothing besides an outfit on my back. Guys at the house gave me clothes. They gave me deodorant, soap, you know, just clients in the program didn't. Staff alone, they gave me food and all, and they promised shelter as long as I keep doing right. <laughs> and they held up their word, like with doctor's appointments, dentist appointments. They took me back and forth when I needed it since you were on blackout period, which I really needed that blackout period because freedom's never that good. Saying my old lady, my girls said I like a changed man, completely different. My aunt saw me, she. She glue like just blew up <laughs> smiles on her face and all that, saying I look good and that they're proud of me. Like that was the most encouraged thing, just someone's proud of me. I always felt abandoned. Um it's really good uh saying people don't judge you for your past and all that I met through this program. And also, I do the fellowship at AA, and I got a great support network. That's actually how I found my job. A guy that's in my support network owns his own business, and it's giving me an opportunity to prove myself. I'm not coming in at the bottom level either. I'm coming in as a supervisor to his landscape business. I've done a lot since then, <laughs> since I was little. Yeah, that's how I got my own business. I started at 12 years old for push mower, weed whacker, and a broom and dustpan. <laughs> I clean up after. I mean, you can't change nobody. If you're willing to change, you got to take the steps forward because no one can take it for you. But 
ease into it. You know, there's many, many programs out here to ask for help or reach out for help, and they will. It's free. It don't charge you nothing. As long as you try to make a step forward, I believe that it's worth the risk. It really is worth the risk to try to change your life if you want to. It's being out there, it beats you down. It'll beat you down. It'll drag you back. It'll beat you down some more, some more, until you can't walk no more. So you got to learn how to crawl to walk again. I look forward to living life today. To be able, because I never left the state of Maryland. Never took vacation out of the state, nothing. Always been too scared to. I let fear run my life. Today I won't let fear run my life. I'll face it forward. And as long as I can face it forward, I can accomplish goals. And it could just be for like today, doing this was a goal. Tomorrow, goal would be just go home and clean my shoes. <laughs> you know, it's something simple to get back to work, save up money, get a car. It could be like a three, two-month goal. You know, I just want to be established for myself and for my daughter. You know, that's like the biggest motivation to keep me here because I have struggled at points to where I just wanted to leave and go out and do what I wanted to do. But talking to people, having a support network to reach out to, saying you're going to make your choice regardless. But if you cry out for help... Somebody might, you might hear something and be like, oh, well, I never thought of it, looked at it that way. And that helped change my mind a lot. And then I see an image of my daughter, like, just looking at me from a newborn to how old, how old she is now. It's just like, wow. Just to have a little one look up at you and just smile and say, I'm proud of you. That's what my daughter told me. She's proud of me. She don't know what's going on, but she's proud of me. And she loves me unconditionally. That unconditional love is very, very powerful. Something you've chased with this drug, you think it's a love with the drug, but it's a false love. And you will be disappointed and with it. My name is Kirby, and I'm a recovering addict. Uh, growing up, I had a good child house, you know. I had the good mom, the good grandparents, dad, you know, unfortunately he's not here today, but, you know, aunts, uncles, cousins, my family is very supportive of me, you know, and, you know, so long along the path, you know, I got caught up in that cycle out there, and um, I grew up in Annapolis, below Annapolis, South County, Hardwood, Maryland, country boy, you know, I had a nice growing up, dirt bikes and things, you know, and, you know, coming along, you know, my grandfather had his own business, concrete business. So at the age of 14, that's what I did, and I got it down packed. But, you know, due to my addiction, work wasn't really an option. Only when I needed money to go out there to survive, you know. Instead of that, you know, going up in the stores, which I don't really, you know, I don't do that. But, you know, of course, in my addiction, it came along, you know. But um, I had a good life. Well, what brought me to the city was my addiction, I, you know. I've been going, you know, like 30 years, knock on wood, you know, that was, you know, by the grace of God, I had an episode, you know, on a Thursday. I had an episode which came out to be an OD, you know, Monday morning. I was in Powell. Matter of fact, my aunt lives in Georgia. She used to live in Baltimore, Ricertown Road. So my cousin came to the neighborhood and told me, um, check on me to see how I was going, because, you know, the family I heard. 
But she said, well, we're not going to lose you to the streets, to the drugs, or somebody going to kill you in the streets. So she left. She came right back. She was like, Aunt Barbara said, what's your um, social security number and your date of birth? So I gave it to her. She called her. Two minutes later, she was right back again the third time. She said, Monday morning, she found a place for you to go. You, is you ready to go? I was ready to go. So, like, Monday I got up. It was raining, snowing a little bit. And this was, like, February 11th. And um, I was like, man, it's snowing. And road's going to be messed up. I ain't going to baby go. We made it. And, you know, was, I got in pal. First 30 days, it was, you know, it was kind of rough. Fighting the withdrawal and all of that. But, you know. I got in, got in groups and stuff. I sat still. First thing I did when I got there to my house, I got on my knees and asked God to help me on this journey I'm ready going. He'd have been there all this long, so I know he's not going to turn this back on me. And I told him I don't want one, one step in front of me or two steps behind me. I want you right beside me. He said, I got you. And you just need to do one thing, apply. And, you know, since I've been in here, man, things, doors has opened many ways, you know. And, um... I learned so much coping skills, things that I knew I had but wasn't applying them. So now today it's all about applying, being on time for appointments and things like that. And um, one of the facilitators, you know, Mr. Brian Dooley, he's a nice man. He always, I'd be in group, you know, I sit in the back, don't say nothing to nobody, you know, first 30 days, you know, because I'm not really from Baltimore, from Annapolis. And I, you know, don't really talk unless somebody really talk to me out of respect. Keep on saying, Kirby, come out the attic. I'm like looking at him like, what is he talking about? Kirby, come out the attic. Then he finally told me, he said, never let an attic go up in the attic by itself, meaning I was over there up in my head, wasn't playing attention to group. So after that day forward, I said, I'm going to take the cotton out of my ears and put it in my mouth and sit on my hands and be impatient. And being patient is paying off. These people at pal not here to judge you, beat you up. We do enough of that ourselves, beating ourselves up. This is like family, great people, the whole thing. It's just like family, you know, and um, good housing, all. Oh, you got a problem, somebody here, if it ain't the staff, the clients, it's wonderful too. You know, I thought, you know, I was the type that, don't, like I said, don't do too much talking. I do more talking than enough now. Because, you know, you got, to, you got to share when you're in group and things, you know. They say pressure bursts pipes. If you walk around with that pressure on you, it's going to burst, and you're going to take it out on the wrong person. And you got so many courses you can take, mental health and all. I'm finding out more and more about myself each day, and I'm being patient because I know God got a good plan for me. You know, in our addiction, we think we was only hurting ourselves. We was being selfish. We forgot about the people that love us, that really care about us. We was hurting them as well, more, you know? So... For me, I'm just taking it one day at a time, but only just for the day. For me, I was first introduced in drugs, so I think I was 18 in high school. Crack was my first choice of drugs. <laughs> I hate to say, but I don't know. And it, 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 it grew along with me for the last 30 years. I was, you know, drugs. Crack was, you know, and heroin was my next drug. I used to smoke PCP. Marijuana, but marijuana makes me feel some type of way, which it was to, but uh, but the crack, it's just like you, you just keep looking for that certain one one hit. The one you get might be good, so you're going to keep chasing and chasing, you know? And then I got introduced to the heroin. That's a gorilla. I'm talking about a monkey on your back. That's a gorilla on your back, you know? And 
through all my addictions, you know, I always sniffed it, you know, sniffed it, never injected. I put, told myself if I, before I put a needle in my arm, I would stop, and it might would have led to that. So I came here um, not by choice. I mean, not by force, by choice, you know. But um, my family is very supportive. You know, my grandmother just turned 88. I got one that's 101, ready to turn 101. My grandmother that's 88, you know, she's like my mom. She had seven kids. One of my uncles died when I was incarcerated, so I told her, you know, she raised me. So I'm like, you might have lost one, but you just gained another one to take his place. And, um, you know, they just do anything in the world for me. So if I let myself down, I know I'm going to let them down. And my plan is not to let myself down or nobody that's in my corner. No, man, look, my first 10 days at PAL, man, it was hard. The struggle was hard. But, you know, I got medicated as soon as I came in, you know, and then I just let the medication take its process. By a week, you should be up normal, walking around and all of that. But I was so ill when I came in here, I couldn't even sign my paperwork. You know, I couldn't even put my name on nothing. They gave me a bag lunch. I must have finished at 10 o'clock that night, just a sandwich. I couldn't even eat, but I stuck in there. The thought of leaving was on my mind, because I know I got to do this. If not, it was going to be walking slow behind me, because um, that fentanyl is really out there, and that's what I had an episode of. If it wasn't that, I wasn't even messing with it. I was starting to get like, you know, addicted to it, you know? And, but, um, you know, I had an episode where I had sniffed some of that. And like I said, I don't do no stealing. I got in my mind now, I'm going to go in CVS, steal some pamphlets. That just came out of nowhere. And I get caught. I go see the commissioner. He lets me go on my own recon. I walk back to the neighborhood because it's not that far from the police station. And I have later, that's where my episode where I OD from, you know. So that woke me up because I got friends out there that's dropping left and right that I ran with on the streets before I came in, like six of them. It's not one or two, it's three or four at a time, and you know. So God give me another chance, and I'm going I'm to make the best of this because I want to be a better mem- member of society, you know. I don't want people to keep on looking at me down like I'm nothing, I'm a human. So, you know, I made some wrong decisions, decisions in my life and stuff, but um, I'm, I'm back on track. I ain't fully there, but I'm getting there. You know, you say you got taken. take baby steps, then you got to crawl before you walk, and that's where I'm at. It takes from here to whenever. Whenever a pal tell me I'm ready to go, that's when I'm ready to go. Not I'll ask for an extra two months. It is what it is, but, you know, you, know, you just got to give yourself a chance in life. And for those that are still out there struggling with addiction, don't if you want to come in and you don't want to come in, just give yourself a chance, man. You owe it to yourself. You don't owe nothing to nobody. Give yourself a change and you will bloom like a flower. You don't got to prove to nobody because once you get yourself straight and right, your walk won't tell it all. Everyday lives are being transformed in Southeast Baltimore through the Power Recovery Center. If you or someone you love needs to be in treatment, please contact our staff at 410-276-1773 or you can visit our website at powerrecovery.com.